So turn with me to, I'm using New American Standard. We're going to go to Genesis 17 and uh, just do a couple of chapters and we're, and then we'll maybe have the story down. Lord, thank you for the worship and song this morning. We ask that you speak from your scriptures that you have left for us as examples and as teaching and as encouragement and all the things we find from your scripture. We ask you that you would speak to each person here, no matter how old we are, no matter how young we are, you'd speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, Richard, it's good to see see you. It's good to see Stephanie. She's a four o'clock worship leader. And uh, Richard and I go way back. Richard uh, even went and was out at Anaheim at, at, in my personal life uh, at a really important time. I talked to Sharon McCarver Wednesday. Sharon is our new regional overseer. She uh, is in um, Maryville, Tennessee. And so she, she wants to hear the stories of the vineyards in her region. So she scheduled an, an hour with me, and so uh, I'd gotten back into town the day before. And so, uh, so, I, so I just told her stories. And uh, so I told her the story of uh, in 1994 when you prayed for me down front, and I thought I was having low blood sugar, and then pretty soon I was the shape of the steps, and then pretty soon you had to get friends to help drag me out of the church, and and then they drug me out of the church, and as they drug me past the bronze statue of Jesus and washing the guy's feet, you know, uh, two of our young people that were out of college then, they were out in the parking lot, and they disappeared out of sight. I said, drag me that way. We went over there, and they were out rolling around in the gravel because God had fallen on them when they saw us coming out through the church. So she, and so Sharon said, wow, that's a neat story. I said, I told her a few more. She said, y'all have a lot of stories. Well, we've been around a while, you know, but we, we, we have stories. That, uh, what's the connection here? Because when I read the Bible, like in Genesis, it's a bunch of stories, it's just stories put together, but stories that are pivotal in the, found, the foundation of the Jewish people, and then you go on to um, the Christians, and so the Judo-Christian, sto- the story that we have in these 66 books, there, uh, uh, there's a lot that we get out of this, down to the everyday life that you and I lead, because we have stories, because... We're in God. We should expect that every so often something unusual happens. And unusual, I mean by that, it's something that you and I don't control. It's something beyond our ability to do it, that God sets it up, whatever that is. Whether he speaks to you through a dream or he speaks through you through something else, he, he speaks to you. Okay, so uh, this is... Uh, we're going to pick up at, at, at 17. Now, I, let me, you know, Abram has, has left. Uh, he'd gone with his, his father and stuff, and his father dies in Haran, and then 
and God says, I'm going to show you where I want you to go. And so he strikes out at age uh, 75. And so he's at the point now that uh, chapter 17, the very end of chapter 16 is he's 86 years old where he has his son Ishmael is born to Hagar. And so then chapter 17 jumps in time and now he's 99. So we are 24 years into the story of Abram. 24 years has passed. He's got a 13-year-old boy. He's been, God has been showing him around Cana and saying, all this that you see, someday your ancestors that have come from you, so many that they'll be like the sand of the sea, they'll be like the stars in the sky, they are going to, nations are going to happen, as, as he'll say here in a minute to him. Uh, now, you and I might not be Abraham, but we're part of his lineage, and you don't know what's going to happen next, and you don't, and just depending on whatever your age is, you don't, you don't know. This, this story roughly starts when he's 75. Now he's 99, and the story's still not even just now getting to, I mean, he'll live a while longer and have more stories to tell about between him and Isaac and different things. So it says in chapter 17, New American Standard, when, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said to him, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. He's given a title, and you know, these aren't just titles, they are essence of who God is revealing, who, he is, who, who this creator is. This is another, another revealing. I'm, I'm El Shaddai, God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will establish my covenant, my agreement between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. So, yeah, you know, when God shows up, Abram, it says, fell on his face. And God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. Put yourself in this place. You're 99 years old. You have got one boy by your Egyptian maid. Sarah, your wife, who left with you when, when you were in Haran, you know, and she's 10 years younger than you, and she's never had a baby. They've tried, I'm sure. He has no offspring, and God has appeared to him and is saying, hey, you're going to be the father of a multitude of nations. Verse 6, and I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make make nations of you and kings will come forth from you and i will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for ever for an everlasting covenant an everlasting agreement to to be god to you and to your descendants after you and i will give you and to your descendants after you the land of your sojourning where you've been here all the land of Cana for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. That'd be a lot to take in, especially since God's present. 
Then go down to, let's see, verse 15, chapter 17. So, um, he just gave him a name. Did I just cruise over the name change some way in me talking to you? You'll be the father of messages. Yeah, I just left verse 5 out for some reason. Me and my new glasses. No longer, get me back up in there. No longer shall your name be called exalted father, Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, which means a father of a multitude. For I've made you the father of a multitude of nations. There, he's, he's changed his name. You're no longer be called this. You're going to be called a father of a multitude of nations. Okay, and what about, what about your wife? Verse 15, and God said to Abram, there, there, there's a little section in here that it talks about circumcision and mark, marking them, but let's, let's pick up on this part. Stay with this. So uh, he says to Abram in 15, chapter 17, verse 15, God says to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall no longer call her name Sarah, but Sarah shall be her name. Now, Sarah means um, contentious or quarrelsome. I don't know, except I would say she's not a happy camper because she's probably always sad on some level. She wants her own baby. You know, and this other didn't go well. I mean, it sounded like a great idea to give her maid to him. Uh, then it just, it just didn't just didn't go well with Ishmael. Yeah, didn't go well. So God has says, "I'm going to change your wife's name. She's no longer going to be known as Quarrelsome. You know, all their names mean things. No, I'm going to call her Princess." Yeah, and it's kind of another another part of that way that word's used is like lady. She. You're going to be, I'm going to move you up in how people think of you. He says, I'm, verse 16, I'm going to bless her, and indeed I'm going to give you a son by her. <laughs> You're at your hand, what did you say? Excuse me? What? What is, my ears are ringing. What did you just say? I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a son by her, and then I'm going to bless her, and she's going to be a mother of nations, and kings of people are going to come from her. Verse 17, Abram, Abraham falls on his face laughing and said in his heart, you know, will a child be born to a man a hundred years old? And will Sarah, who's 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham, being natural that he is a father, you know, of Ishmael, Abraham says to God, verse 18, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. He's, he's saying, basically, you know, hey, do something for my... I do have a son. That's 13. Okay. And God says, no, 19. No, but Sarah, your wife, will bear you a son, and you're going to call his name Isaac, which means he laughs. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. You and I have a history. Your history is going on all the time. You have your name because your mom picked that name. 
that began a history. And as you get older, there's going to be a more and more of a history. And probably that name may play into that. It did with this boy who's not even born yet. And why did God name the child ahead of time that's not come, Isaac? To remind Abraham that it so got off with him that he laughed. This is just, I'm a, I'm a, I'll be 100 years old. I mean, I don't know, you know, don't you wish we could just interview him and go, what was going through your head right that minute? Like, were you in your heart? I mean, here's God talking to you and is telling you this. And are you are you saying, like, is it just mind boggling? Is is the laughter, are you kind of, you're not really making fun because uh, you get in trouble doing that kind of with God. But you're just maybe just really excited. We don't, are dumbfounded. It's It's a. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know that he went to sleep, did sleep really well that night. And then God goes on in verse 20, says, And as for Ishmael, I've heard you. Behold, I'll bless him. I'll make him fruitful, multiply him exceedingly. He'll become a father of 12 princes, and I'll make him a great nation. So even when you try to make it right, do something right, and you don't do well with it, and it kind of gets turned sideways, God can take your sideways turned stuff and make something out of it that's pretty nice. So if those little parts that come up in the middle, when do they come to you? Mine come usually when I'm tired, usually in the dark or in the morning early, like 3.30 in the morning. Instead of going, oh, praise you, God, it's 3.30 in the morning, I live through the night, whatever. What's on today? Now, the little, the little voice is talking to me, and it's not our side, or it's my natural part. And it's questioning things. Yeah, yeah. It'll bring up stuff from years ago. I mean, it's, or, or the night before, or the day before, or some embarrassing, just, just coming after me for I guess it's 345, and he can get away with it right then. He said, verse 21, But my covenant I'm going to establish with Isaac, he laughs. I'm going to, it's going to be, I'm going to bless Ishmael, but, but this plan has been for you and for your son, you know, it'll go on in the lineage. The Jewish people will name these names, you know, certain people along the lineage line. Okay. Let's go forward in time now some more. So chapter 18. Chapter 18 starts off, and the Lord is like a Christophany, probably, meaning that Jesus is showing up, you know, because God the Father is, if he shows up, We'll have the top of the mountain on fire, and it'll be a smoke, and it'll be, you know, you know, you just don't approach God the Father because he is so holy, right? And if the Spirit comes, well, it, you would feel him, but, you know, he's going to call attention to God the Father. But, G, but Jesus can, in the Old Testament, he kind of shows up and does things, right? So we can't prove it, but I think so. So three guys show up, come walking across the hill. The Lord and two angels. 
And um, Abraham's sitting in, in his tent and sees them coming, and he can tell, hey, there's nobody out here. All of a sudden, there wasn't anybody. Now there's somebody walking here. Ah, this must be from the Lord's whatever. So he says, I, let me make you some special food. Let me do something for you. you. You've had a long journey, whatever. He does. They make, them, they make food. You know, eating's a big deal, breaking bread stuff. And, and chapter 18, verse 9 says, uh, the Lord says to him, they say to him, it says, where's Sarah? Where's the princess, your wife? And he said, she's in the tent. He said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. He's reinforcing that, which is what he said at the end of all the other. You know, there's been a little piece of time here that's gone on. I will surely return. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in year, years, and Sarah was past childbearing. <laughs> a little bit. Sarah laughed to herself saying, after I have become old, shall I have pleasure? Shall my, my Lord being old also? I'm not going to have a baby. My lineage, you know, this is a big deal, passing on lineage and having your own child, and this is a big deal. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Now she's behind the tent, saying that I shall indeed bear a son when I am so old. Now here is the, I think, the essence of a message today maybe it's not maybe it's somewhere else for you is anything too difficult for the lord at the appointed time i will return to you and at that time next year and sarah will have a son sarah denied it verse 15 denied it however saying i didn't laugh <laughs> for she was afraid and the lord said no but you did laugh I heard you. <laughs> I know what's going on in the tent. So, there's another little passage I want to get to, but I'm going to interrupt right here, and I may not make it to the other, because I had two more points. Let's go back to this. Is there anything too difficult for the Lord? Where are some other places that God says this? He said it in Jeremiah. He says a real parallel to that in the book of Jeremiah, and I didn't write it down. You have to go find that one yourself. Where is another place that God said this? Go to Luke chapter 1. Uh, let's pick up at verse 34. This is Mary, and the angel has come to Mary to tell her about that she's going to have a baby, right? Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? Ah, let's just back up and read the whole little thing because it's just so much fun. Verse 30, the angel says to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I, I'm a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child 
shall be called the Son of God. And moreover, even your relative Elizabeth, because you know this is started with Elizabeth, John, right? Has conceived a son in her old age, and she has caught and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. What is the theme of these three places in Scripture? Nothing is impossible with God. Going all the way back to Genesis to Abraham, Chapter 18, verse 13 again. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Doesn't make good sense, except that it's God interacting with humans, His chosen humans. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Now let's make it personal. Lord, bring up something in each person right now in this room. Something that is beyond their ability to change, to fix, to whatever it is. Give them something. Usually we always have one around the top anyway. You might not want to try four or five. It's kind of more trouble to balance. Just one. Do you have one? No, something right now that you have that hasn't been done and you feel like it is so difficult that you, you, you do not have a solution for it. You cannot fix it. You would if you could, but you can't fix it. You can be young. You can have something that you wish would be different but isn't. Do you have something? Do you have something? Now, fit yours into this. Is yours so difficult that God can't do something? Holy Spirit, stir inside of them the truth of that. Is the thing that you wish would be changed, is it Impossible for God. Okay. We need to do something. The simplest is stand up. I mean, well, simple be raise your hand, but that's a little simple. You want to stand up to make a statement to him that you're saying this thing that burdens me that I wish would change, that I've not been able to change, but you could change it. You can change it. You want to stand up and say that? I mean, you don't have to say it. You can, you can stand up and... and... Don't do it unless you, you know, this is not a need to... I'll give you another moment. You have to weigh it, kind of, you know.
<laughs> yeah, I could feel that coming. Okay. Lord God, in the name of Jesus the Christ, by the power of your Holy Spirit, looking, you're here with us anyway, but we think of it as looking down, but, but look at each person's statement that they are saying right this moment that this thing which is, seems impossible is not impossible because it's not too difficult for you. We ask you to begin moving in their life in this area starting right now, 11.30 Central Daylight Time. Right now, Lord. Mark it. Karen sang that one as the last song. It wasn't an accident. How great is our God? Come upon him. His power, he's increased, the power of his presence has increased in the room. I don't know how you do these things, Lord, like it cooks, sort of, you know. If it's, for some, that it's an actual something that physiologically, let the awareness start coming. Yeah, because the baby's not born at that second. So it's a down payment on that. He's just told him that your 90-year-old wife's going to have a baby. So amazed her that she's laughed, just like he laughed before. Isn't this interesting? Isaac is coming. Your Isaac is coming. I don't know what to do now, but hey. But I just wait another. He's just strong in here. He's strong in the room. It's not just a story. It's a person. Abraham is a real person. Sarah is a really his wife. Isaac really existed. This is your lineage spiritually. This is part of your story. It goes back. I heard stories yesterday that 
sometimes things come back up, you know, and it was a story of Lonnie Frisbee in the summer of 1974 when Ken Gullickson had started a church in Hollywood and got people start kept asking him, what you going to call this? I don't know. I don't know. And the Lord said to him, I'm going, I want you to name it Vineyard Christian Fellowship. And Ken Gullickson is the first, the start person of the Vineyard Movement. And Lonnie was really important in all of this early time. This young guy that had gone out into a canyon and wanted to know God, and he went out there and started yelling for God to come like a crazy person. And God came. And by the time he started coming to the vineyard, Lonnie didn't really have a message. He would just come, stand up and say, come Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit would come. What do you want to do, Lord? Increase. Increase your presence. Increase your presence. Come. Come, Holy Spirit. Your manifest presence, you're here already at a, at a high level. Increase your presence. Come on each person in their spirit. Spirit, man, that part that's you're in with them, making them, you know, Holy, you know, God, you've born from above. Speak from the inside out. When the enemy comes and speaks to them sometime right now, later, tonight, sometime, and says, ah, you know, that was just a moment at church. This is, this is too much for God. You just say back, is anything too difficult for God? <clears throat> or, oh, or Gabriel talking to Mary about Elizabeth. <clears throat> She's six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible with God. Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship with God, the creator. Okay, so you can you can remain standing or you can sit down, whichever one, because it's. I'm gonna go on and do these last two little parts here.
this is verse 16 of chapter 18, just after that part. And the men rose up from there and looked down towards Sodom. And Abraham was walking with them to send them off. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Now this next piece, verse, is not only him, but I believe it's about all of us as his lineage. 19. For I have chosen him. He's chosen you, all of us, from Abraham forward. For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. Two parts. Do things rightly and justly. This is your lineage. This is what God wants for his children. From the beginning of Abraham, this is in your DNA spiritually when you become born again that you and I seek out to do righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him so that God may cause you to fully grow into the complete Christian person during your lifetime that he has intended walk in righteousness and justice that's part of the programming that brings about your, your growth. Now here's the next part. This is, the, this is a parallel of later, because Moses, even though he's writing all this down and going back and telling us the story, this is before Moses is born. But this is the very thing that Moses in the desert runs into where God says, I'm sick of them. I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to make a new nation out of you. And God said, and Moses says, no, 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 you won't look good. You know, they'll say God could bring them out, but he couldn't bring them in. No, no, don't do this, Lord. Don't do this. If you don't go with us, I don't want to go. And God changes his mind and says, okay. Same attitude. It's in our DNA. And the Lord says, the outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. I will go down and see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come up to me. And if not, I'll know. In verse 22, and the men turned from there and went toward the two angels. And they're going on. While Abraham is still standing before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, will you indeed... Sweep away the righteous with the wicked. The spirit of intercession comes upon Abraham. That's what he's saying. Suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you indeed sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous ones that are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous and the wicked are treated alike. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? So the Lord says, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I'll spare the whole place. And so it goes this way to the end until it gets down to 10, and then God moves on. 
and we know that they found just a handful to leave that day, right? Lot, his two daughters, his wife, who turned into a pillar of salt. But it's the point of intercession. You have the spirit of the living God living in you, and you were born spiritually to intercede. It's part of your nature to cry out for others, to speak to God on their behalf. So, so you walk in the place that says, is there anything too difficult for my God? And you walk in the place of doing righteousness and justice, and you walk in the place that you, as one of God's children, intercede for others. Lord, thank you for this Lord's Day. Let us keep anything that you have said to us today, and anything that's just me talking or something, just let that blow away. In Jesus' name, bless all of you that tune into this. Amen.